We're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. A happy Tuesday to you all. October 22nd, 401, your kickoff time. I'm Roger Salveson alongside Eric Franson facing in front of me. Welcome to the Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan, grateful to have you however and wherever you are joining us from. Uh, by the way, before we get into all the biz that is the Full Court Press and the Fan, want to also let people know that the Utah State press conferences from football and basketball, if possible, will be posted on our website. You can go to 106.9thefan.com and find those, or they will be posted on our podcast platform uh, Stitcher, iTunes, and Spotify as well. So uh, make sure you look that up if you missed any of the audio from uh, Gary Anderson, uh, Gerald Bright, and Andre Grayson Jr. Especially don't want to miss Gerald Bright's press conference. It's always a doozy. So make sure you look that up. Eric, happy Tuesday. How are you? Hi, AJ. How are you today? I'm great. I feel like you're lying to me. I'm uh, great. Are you? Yeah, sure. You, uh, you'll be heading up to practice. We're going to run up to practice. To uh, get some audio from some players, be able to get a look at the practice, so at least a little bit of it. And you'll have to keep specifics, of course. Hit them behind closed doors, but give us a general feel of what the uh, team is feeling and sounding like as they get ready for the Air Force Falcons at Falcon Stadium on Saturday night, 8-15 kickoff on ESPN2. That will be a big one for the Aggies and for the Falcons. And as Coach Anderson said yesterday, it's because of the players who have made it such. Speaking of big games, uh, Monday Night Football, Jets-Patriots, it was a close game at one point, and then the players took the field. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) this is what happened after that. Takes the snap. The Jets rush forward. Brady lobs a throw down the right side for Torsett. Open. Touchdown. Patriots. So you've got Ferentz and Illuminor. Two extra offensive linemen, two tight ends, stack left, Brady under center, out of the eye, hands it off to Michelle, runs into the right, and Sony is tackled, but he breaks the plane, diving for a Patriots touchdown. Third down and goal to go, it's a heavy set for the Pats, Watson motions left to right, from the eye, Roberts in front of Michelle, takes the hand off and runs into the right, and Sony Michelle with a lunge, dives in for his third touchdown of the night, as New England adds to its lead. 33 to nothing is your final at MetLife Stadium. Patriots win it with on the strength of, you guessed it, their defense. And uh, the defense dressed in a costume that Mr. Sam Darnold was never expecting. We're going to keep bringing it. Seen ghosts. Seeing ghosts. That's not good. And you already said they're going to keep bringing it. We've got a problem. Uh, Sam Darnold, who is mic'd up in a primetime game, acts well, he talked realizing, well, forgetting to realize that he was mic'd up. And then he said he was seeing ghosts. That's what the Patriots' defense did to the Jets last night in a 33 nothing shellacking that included four interceptions and a fumble recovery. Oh, yeah. They also put a safety on the board as well. Uh, I'll get into the numbers later on in the show as we'll have our set that blew our mind and the player of the week. Uh, you'll get, we'll get more in depth on those, what those numbers look like. Eric, first thing first, this Patriots team right now, who's now 7-0, and they are cruising, rolling, despite a Patriots offense who's still trying to, quote-unquote, find the rhythm. Yeah, they look good. 
Uh, they've also had a pretty soft schedule oh, uh, coming Stop. to this, Stop. but they've looked really good. No, they, they look good offensively. They look really good defensively. Okay, the only reason why people say it's soft is because the team's record. They have no control over those teams' records. If the Jets were seven and if Jets were five and two, and the Washington Redskins were undefeated, you guys be saying, "Oh, it's, it was one of the tougher schedules." But again, the toughest team that they've faced are the Bills, and that was a close game, sixteen to ten. Everybody else whom they have faced. They're having bad seasons. Uh, they That's this, not they the Patriots' this. fault, though. No, but we shouldn't also be saying, look how awesome they are. Why not? That that defense, look how awesome they are. Yes, it's a good defense. It's a great it's defense. A good, oh it's a good God. offense. But it looks better when you go up against really bad competition. I strongly disagree. Okay, Ajay, so- yes, the Jets stink. They stink. They're terrible. Yes. Does that mean that because of what the the uh, Patriots did to them last night is even more awesome? I don't oh. know, but the pa- the Jets are a bad team. So the Patriots ha- are a good team. The Patriots did to the Jets what a good team is supposed to do to a bad team. Let me ask you this: If Mahomes- the Giants are not a good team, the Redskins are not a good team. The Jets they faced them again. The Dolphins are not a good team. The Steelers. We're struggling and they had those injuries so let me early ask you in the this year. Then. If, they have not faced anybody decent except the Bills, and that was a close game. Okay, so wait, hold on. If the Browns fight. go on a losing streak, if the Browns are, I mean, what they're five and four and three or whatever with Baker Mayfield, but they've played a decently decent good schedule. Are they a bad football team at four and three? Or hold on, sorry, the Cowboys who right now are struggled, but they're starting to find their groove back. The Cowboys were supposed to be a tough game. Texans at Houston, still a good team. Chiefs, without Patrick Mahomes for the next three weeks, best case scenario, if they come out of that 0-3, are they a bad football team too? Are we going to excuse the Chiefs losing to the Patriots and say, well, the Chiefs are a bad football team, so the Patriots really aren't still aren't that good? Ajay, you've talked about what has happened so far on the year, and I'm just looking at the teams that they have faced are garbage. What they are going to face is going to be significantly more challenging. If they get through that stretch you just talked about and they're still undefeated, I'm all about saying, look at the Patriots' greatness. Okay. Time out. How far do they have to get in their schedule? I'm not dogging on the Patriots. I'm just saying we should have to get in their schedule. drooling do they, over ourselves. They've got the Browns, Ravens, Eagles. The Ravens and Eagles are on the road. Cowboys, Texans, and Chiefs. That gets you to week 17, 16, 15, 14. So if they're 14 and 0, you're finally going to declare they're a good football team? I didn't say they need to get through all of that to get there, but when the next couple of games that they have are going to be, as I said, you were paying attention, they're going to be tougher teams that they're going to face. And if they get through some of these next couple of games, like they have been, absolutely, I'll be right there with you saying this Patriots team is super awesome. Right now, I'm hesitant to say they're super awesome because they played crap. They played crappy teams. All right. Well, uh, with that, uh, New England, excuse me, Coach Belichick yesterday pulled something kind of interesting. They're sitting at about the 37, 38 yard line on fourth and two. They want to back up a little bit. So they take a delay game. Jets decline it. They, the clock's still running with this, by the way. So then they let the clock run some more. The clock runs some more. And then with about four seconds, Bolden purposely false starts. 
So it's supposed to be five yards backed up. Well, Jets decline it again. They show this little video that they, I mean, they go, the cameras turn to the Belichick and he has this just grin. Like, first time in maybe his career, he's ever grinned on the sideline <laughs> during a game. Just kind of like, huh, well, can't say we didn't try. Meanwhile, the punt goes up and they down him inside the 10 yard line anyway, so it didn't even matter. When asked about it after Coach Belichick simply said, hey, we were taking time off the clock. Uh, it's it's just really crazy what they're doing despite their horrific schedule, quote unquote, and now they're playing every single bad football team in the league that they're still seven and zero and playing at an elite rate. Look, they have scored under thirty points once. That was at Buffalo, sixteen to ten against a good uh, team. Stop talking. A quality you team. already stopped talking. They have given up less than seventeen points to every single team. In fact. They've given up a total of 18 points, which means their offense has actually scored. Or sorry, their offense has given up just as much TDs as their defense has. Three. This could be what considered, based on how they do against the better competition in the league, yeah. how they do can be considered one of the greatest defenses ever in NFL history. Sure. That's how good they are. Sure. Uh, but we have to wait till week 14 yes. to figure it out. Yes. We, we can't, we, I mean, they have to go 16 and 0, or else they're not considered a good no, football there team. There you go. You're e- jumping again. I didn't even say if they needed to go that far. Even if they're 15 and 1, they're still not a good football team. Look, if Utah State played New Mexico type teams every week, we would be saying, look how amazing this team is. And then all of a sudden they turn around and they play Boise State and they struggle. Gosh, it sounds like something that happened maybe last year. <laughs> oh, how good is this team really? When you play against really bad teams, your offense is going to look great and your defense is going to look great. But when you start to go against really good teams, legitimately good teams, that's when we get the real taste of how good this team is. The The Patriots beat the Bills on the road. That was a good win. It wasn't a blowout win. It wasn't 30 plus points. Every other team that they faced... Uh, it's a, it's shocking to me, Audrey, that you're not giving some recognition to their schedule. It's been bad. You're what, trying to say still, it has nothing to do, do with New England being bad. bad. It's still NFL football teams, and with, there are still professional football players, and with the defense doing what they've done, not just one game, but a consistent seven games. Eric, they have Against 15 the turnovers. In the league. It doesn't matter, they are dude. The it's still 15 in turnovers league. in seven games. They're going not to, even the best They're team, going to look great because of who they not play. Not even the great 1989 Giants or 90 Giants were able to do what the Patriots are doing in this seven-game stretch. Even, not even the 2014 Seahawks. I'm not saying it's not 13, impressive sorry. or it's not good, but I think you have to take it with a big grain of salt. No, you and don't. Recognize Dude, it's still a professional football team. The Dolphins team. have not won a game. The Jets have won one game. Pittsburgh has only won two games. So it's what? a crap season that they've played so it's far. Not a crap. Oh man. Oh jeez. That's not. That's good football. Those are good teams. That's that what the Patriots are doing to them. That's what the Patriots are doing to them. They have beaten oh everybody else. They're the one good team that they've faced. They beat that team. I'm saying that they're a good team. They took Daniel Jones and the Giants. But everything else that they done. Daniel Jones, who is his great quarterback, they took him behind a woodshed and punished him 35-14. 
But again, I, I, the I'm Giants ju- have no. only won two games. I'm just saying that if they, the Dolphins haven't won a game. Just know, fans, that if we Patriot game. fans, if you we go 16 or excuse me, 15 and one, you are a bad football team because you lost to the Bills or you lost to the Bengals, but you beat the Chiefs, Texans, Cowboys, and the Eagles. So timeout. If they were to lose, hold on. If they were to lose to the Browns and then win every other game, but the Browns are to me, no, hold on. We'll actually pick even one worse. If they were to lose to the Bills at home in a throw it up game because you don't care, and they were to have that one loss, would they be a Okay, football team, but against a garbage I would still schedule. call them a good. Fo- I have not called the Patriots a bad team, AJ. You have. No, I have not. Yes, you I've have. Said that you, you have derailed what they've like done in seven games and said they're still. Uh, and take it with a big grain of salt. You're writing so, love here, notes. Let's put to an Bill asterisk. Belichick. Let's put an asterisk to their seven zero start because I'm it just doesn't matter. You have to keep it in context. Here's Bill Belichick on taking every single week. Uh, where'd you go? Oh, yeah. Uh, every single week is different for the New England Patriots. Maybe. It's always good to win. I, I think we're confident, but, you know, we'll have to start all over again. We emptied the tank tonight. We'll have to fill it up this week. And, you know, will be ready to empty it again next week against uh, Cleveland. Yeah, one guy who doesn't really care. Week in his league. One guy who doesn't really care about what happened in 85, 2003, 4, 5, 6, or 7, or even 2014, 15, 16, 17, is Bill Belichick. So if we were to sit here, if he were to listen to listen into our radio right now, he'd probably turn us off and say, yeah, we're on to the Browns. <laughs> yes, that uh, is exactly what he would say. It's exactly <laughs> what he would say. But look, uh, besides the Bills, the combined win total of everybody else gosh, they, they face what the- is, this, is five. It's what they're doing defensively. It's what they are doing defensively to shut down these professional, by the way, still professional football offenses. Yes, I. the defense is good. Thank you! I have not, not said that. You have said take it with a grain but of I salt what they have take done. Take their record with a grain of salt. That doesn't mean the Patriots are bad. They've just been able to sneak by some bad teams. No, I didn't say that. Never said that. Patriots are a good football team right now. You have to be good to be undefeated in the league. I will totally agree with you on that. San Francisco is undefeated in the league right now. They're a good football team. Oh, no, they're not. You know what? In fact, no, they're not. No, they're not. not Okay, for the Niners. You look. Look look who the Niners have. Look who they beat. They beat some tough teams. Dude, you're going to. They're not blowing them away to the same level. But they're beating some good teams. So <laughs> I'm what I'm saying, and I'll keep saying it because it doesn't seem to get through your thick skull there, AJ. <laughs> I think that the Patriots are a good team. And, uh, shut up. <laughs> yes. But I'm not going goo goo gaga over the Patriots right now because they have who they've who they've played. I just think it's it's just It didn't a- surprise me what happened last night. Uh, they've been very solid defense. There were questions, legitimate questions about how good they would be offensively this year. They've answered those. Uh, they're still a good football team. They're going to be tested more over the next four or five weeks than they've faced at all in the previous. So the, the level of competition is significantly more challenging 
over the next month, two months than what they've already had to go through in the first two months. So in a month, if they're still undefeated, we should all be saying what an amazing team this is. Unequivocally. I'm saying they're a good team. I'm not saying what an amazing team they are right now. I am saying they're a good team. I'll keep repeating it, Ajay. They're a good team. But are they a great team that we should all go goo goo gaga? I'm not there yet. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, we could do this for the next 13 minutes, 15 minutes until you have to go. But I've got, <laughs> I we we're getting tweets from people saying that this is, this is like some of the best theater they're getting right now. They could uh, possibly uh, experience, which is great. Thank you for listening to us. So, Eric Franson on one side. I'm Ajay Salveson. Patriots win it 33 to nil. Winning, anyone? Yes, <laughs> winning is it. Uh, meanwhile, so as as we get ready for, uh, I think we're in week. Are we in week seven, Eric? Is that the NFL? Yeah, I think we're in week seven coming up now. No, we're into week eight. Are we in week eight? So it's week nine in college. Yeah, week eight. You're right. Wow. Good night. Uh, as we get into uh, week eight, excuse me. By the way, how'd your fantasy team do? Uh, I won. Even though Patrick Mahomes got hurt. Dude. I was able to sneak out the my win. Patriots defense I had a wide receiver never... just go nuts. I just didn't, really? thankfully, didn't see that coming, but I can't, came up big. Hey, John Newbold, if you're listening, you need to fix your claim waiver like process because it sucks. I requested a tight end because my, my tight end was out because of a bye week. And so he uh, I need to get a new tight end. Everybody's on the claim waiver. So I'm like, I pick up a tight end. Just some garbage backup tight end just to put into the rule because he's going to get a little bit of playing time. And I can't get him through the waiver system. It's weird. Because you have to like, wait several wait days before week. you know I waited if you're going to get him or not. And then you don't know if multiple people are making a claim on a guy and where you stand because it, it seems to adjust like where you are in the oh, priorities. Oh, man, I hate it. Yeah, I've lost every waiver guy I went for. So fix it, John, <laughs> owner. You're like Roger but, Goodell. By the way, worse. Uh, again, we're, we're, we're communicating with Hurricane John Newbold over the radio. <laughs> I'm curious to know, NBA starts tonight, and we still haven't had our draft for the NBA. <laughs> For our fantasy basketball We're team. We're just hey, giving them, <laughs> like, calling them what? out right now on our radio show. I, are we not going to claim? The first week's not going to count? <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know how to I reset my team. I wish I would have gotten that, by the way. I'm mad I didn't actually jump well, in. Well, we haven't that. had the draft yet, so. Oh, you haven't? No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I just checked before we came on the air. I'm like, oh, NBA starts tonight. I should adjust my roster. I don't even have a roster. You guys hadn't even done one yet. Uh, <laughs> Newsflash, I am special and I will never be one of you. <laughs> John, you are special. Mr. Newbold, we love you. Yes. Uh, by the way, Mr. Newbold will be calling, uh, actually, he won't be calling a high school football game this weekend. He's off. He gets the week off. He gets the bye week. Uh, Mountain Crest and a couple other teams. Mountain Crest, Logan, Bay River, and Ridgeline are all in action. Yes. So. And remember, this is our last week for our Preps Pick'em Challenge mm. presented by the Logo Shop. So there are games, Idaho teams are playing, some Idaho teams are playing Thursday night. So you have to make sure you get your picks in by 5 o'clock on Thursday in order to be qualified to win our weekly prize. Our last, no way, dude! Yes, our last weekly prize, a $100 gift certificate to Locker 42. 
You get a lot of great gear there. And you also, if you win, you become a finalist, our last finalist for our grand prize, which is a 65-inch 4K TV from Lens Audio and Video. So even if you haven't participated at all during this whole thing, you could register still today, make your picks, and there's a chance you could still win. That's, oh man, that's so cool that someone could win a 65 4K-inch TV. I'm jealous. I, sometimes I just feel like I should quit this job and just get into the contest and see if I can just, win a couple. Uh, yeah. I might have a better chance here. I might even so that try is one of the harder. drawbacks of working in this industry. There are all kinds of great <laughs> contests and that so you cannot Incredible prizes. In. And you mentioned this yesterday, and I cannot like, agree more. The prizes that we are giving out for things like this, there's other contests going out there, right? I mean, wherever else. Someone got a $100 gift card to Elements. To Elements! Someone got a $100 gift card to Locker 42, and someone else will get one this week as well. Someone got a gift card to McDonald's. Yeah, like, we've just had the some gift great, cards and the prizes are just amazing. Great, great prizes, uh, like uh, oil changes and restaurants and uh, gear. They get dressed up in their proper, whether it's for your club team or your competitive team or your for Utah State stuff. Awesome prizes that we've had all throughout this contest. It's been so much fun. It's been a lot of fun. It has been, even though I'm taking like dead last right now because I skipped one week because <laughs> I was busy. And you guys, I'm let. hoping to get into the top ten. I'm uh, I'm on the I'm on the fringe. What's your chances about that, by the way? Um, not very good, huh? I don't know. It depends on how things go this week, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, dude, have you figured it out? We need to interview somebody who went undefeated, who only had one loss. I want to know how they did that. We need to get somebody on the air sometime. Just. And there's a chance that like Jay Love will end up winning this whole thing, just the like the role he's on. Jay Love six. Oh, really? Sixty-eight and fifteen, number one overall throughout the whole thing right now. I'm twelfth, so I'm hoping to get in the. Are top you twelfth? Yeah, I'm twelfth. Well, someone needs to knock him off his pedestal because <laughs> this is just unacceptable. Uh, really quickly, just so you guys understand, for this Friday, this is what the matchups are at five p.m. On Friday, Logan will be playing Ogden. They're hosting Ogden, excuse me, as a 16 seed. Ogden's a 17 seed. Uh, meanwhile, Bear River in that same bracket will be playing Ben Loman. That they'll host Ben Loman. That's a five. That's a six o'clock start. Uh, Bear River's a 12 seed. Ben Loman's a 21 seed, if you will. Uh, uh, and then Mountain Crest will host. Give me it again. Uh, Uinta. Uinta has not won a game yet. Uh, so Mountain Crest will get them Friday at five o'clock, and is there any, Ridgeline? Who's the uh, Ridgeline's the other one? And they host. Help me here. I can't even find it. Where's Ridgeline? Hurricane? Ridgeline plays Hurricane. That'll be Saturday at one o'clock. That's right. They're the Saturday game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just a reminder: if you need to find how to listen to those games, you can go to CashValleyDaily.com. You can be able to find the streams as well. Click on the stream and listen to it on your own computer. Uh, everybody will have a. Uh, a broadcast. Every team will have a broadcast. That's how much the Cashfly Radio Network cares about the fans, the players, and the coaches to be able to make sure you guys get the best coverage possible of your team no matter who it is. So don't forget to go to CashfallyDaily.com and you can find the updates on the playoffs. Uh, great uh, job on the recaps throughout the year from the crew itself. All right, Eric, you got to head over to practice here. Yeah, I got to uh, skip out. We'll take a break. You'll be back in the 5 o'clock hour. We'll get your thought on the uh, the practice, just the feel, the emotion as the uh, Utah State Aggies get ready for 
the Air Force Falcons for an 8-15 game on Saturday night. That's Eric Franson. He's going to go take a step aside. I'm Audrey Salison. I'm going to go just cool down a little bit because of some really just extremely... You're going to go write another love letter to Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's how I feel about your takes on how great you think the Patriots are. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Words can stab as deep as night and cut like a razor cone. Better air and air. your time here on a Tuesday afternoon, early Tuesday evening, October 22nd. Great to have you all along. Aggies are getting ready for the Air Force Falcons, an 8-15 star in Colorado Springs at the Falcons Stadium. Should be a loud and raucous crowd for a team that is on the rise and is in play for a, at least a shot at the Mountain West Championship if they beat Utah State. And again, it's at home where Utah State hasn't won in Air Force since, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, look at my notes right, 2013. It's been a while. The last time they were there, they lost 24-22 to the Falcons. Uh, pre-game on KVNU on that uh, Saturday evening will be at 6 o'clock on 610 AM KVNU with Al Lewis, Craig Kislip, Ryan Bohm, Eric Franson. They'll all be there. Make sure you guys got all the uh, latest news and the and the final uh, report on uh, what we hope to be is a Nagy win. And then don't forget after the game you can call in and share your thoughts. All right, uh, a couple of side notes and news, uh, things I really want to talk about in, in regards to the NFL. A couple of trades have been made. Uh, the One of the more surprising ones that was uh, that was made was the uh, Detroit Lions trading their starting safety, Quandre Diggs, and the 2021 seventh-round pick to the Seattle Seahawks for a 2025th-round pick. Now, Diggs have been the starter for the Lions for the last two years. Uh, in fact, last year had a uh, uh, as a Pro Bowl alternate had a 78 tackle, three interception season, uh, with eight passes defended. Um, Lions, though, I guess the Detroit Lions as a whole were actually pretty stunned by the trade and were not happy about it. Of course. Meanwhile, San Francisco 49ers have uh, acquired Emmanuel Sanders from the uh, Denver Broncos. San Francisco sent a th- uh, third and fourth round 2020 draft picks to Denver. That also included a 2025th round uh, pick in the uh, with Sanders in the deal. Uh, that's pending, by the way, if Emmanuel Sanders, which he should and is expected to do so, passes physical. And the other one is that a second round pick from New England has headed to the Atlanta Falcons for Sanu. The uh, I think everybody remembers, well, at least Patriot fans remember Sanu as being the kid who uh, couldn't shut his mouth in the Super Bowl and then watched his team blew a 28-3 lead midway through the third quarter and lose the Super Bowl in overtime. Now Sanu joins uh, a receiving corpse that has been battered but not entirely eliminated. In fact, they'll get Josh Gordon back here in about a week or two. Nikhil Harry, their uh, first-round pick, will be back, I believe, next week. And uh, with the addition of uh, Julian Edelman, Benjamin Watson, and now uh, Sanu, uh, this Patriots offense is trying to regather themselves. Uh, They've been pretty... Uh, pretty slow out of the gates, to say the least, while their defense has picked them up, even if they're going against a really tough, tough NFL schedule, despite what Eric says. So that's your uh, that's your NFL news, at least uh, so far in regards to trades. Uh, nothing else uh, putting out as of right now. Hey, a, a quick story I want to hit on here as well. Uh, so 
as we get ready for the NBA season, which, by the way, starts tonight, ready or not, New Orleans will take on Toronto at Toronto. That's a 6 p.m. Mountain Time start. And then, of course, later tonight, the showdown, LeBron James versus Kawhi Leonard, Lakers at the Clippers, quote-unquote, with an asterisk, at the Clippers. Uh, that's an 8.30 start. That will be on TNT. Now, Michael Jordan, who uh, many, including myself, consider the greatest player ever in NBA history, uh, says he doesn't believe Steph Curry is a Hall of Famer. He said on NBC's Today, quote, he's still a great player, but not a Hall of Famer yet, though. He's not. He said he's sticking with guys like Hakeem Olajuwon, Scotty Pippen, Magic Johnson, and James Worthy as teammates on his fantasy starting five. Now, Curry has a pretty saucy resume, and I'm not a big Steph Curry fan, but in his 10 NBA seasons, he's a two-time league MVP, including the first unanimous selection ever in NBA history. That includes all the years that Jordan won it. He has won NBA, or excuse me, three NBA championships with the Warriors. He has a six-time All-Star selection, won a scoring title. He's twice led the league in steals and is a three-time first-team All-NBA selection, as well as an All-NBA or uh, All-Rookie team pick. Uh, he has uh, his career mark of 23 and a half. Uh, points per game ranks as 25th best in NBA history, and he ranks third with 2,483 three-pointers. That's after leading the league in that category for five consecutive seasons from 2012 and 13 season through 2016 and 17 season. Now, Jordan, on the other hand, of course, you all know his resume, six NBA titles, five MVP awards, six NBA Finals MVP awards, 14-time All-Star, and was, of course, inducted into the Smith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame in 2009. You remember that star-studded cast of David Robinson, John Stockton, and, of course, Michael Jordan. Uh, here's... <laughs> I, I feel like every guy has their own version of what their Hall of Fame should look like, right? I mean, if you were to ask the former Michael Jordan teammate, now currently Warriors head coach Steve Kerr, if Steph Curry's in the Hall of Fame, Kerr probably scoffs, laughs at you, and then says, well, yeah, of course. His resume speaks for itself. Um, But I, <laughs> I mean, er, he, he, Magic Johnson, now Magic Johnson on Twitter is about as dangerous as O.J. Simpson on Twitter, to be honest with you. He says, everyone relax. We know Steph Curry's a future Hall of Famer. Michael Jordan couldn't say it because he would get fined by the league. I don't know how that would happen. Uh, I mean, I guess, I mean, Magic Johnson was fined, what, 50000 by the NBA in 2018 for, he was violating the uh, tamper policy. Uh, I think he was talking about uh, Giannis and would someday lead the Milwaukee Bucks to a championship. Yeah, he got fined fifty grand for that, so maybe he's just trying to avoid it since he's an owner of the Charlotte Hornets. But in a simple question, is Steph Curry a Hall of Famer? Yes. Absolutely yes. What the guy has transcended basketball into a different atmosphere where kids are no longer stopping from mid range and pulling up. Kids are no longer going to the hoop with just a routine right handed layup. Instead, they're taking 40 to 65 foot shots. That anything above half court is a good shot now because Steph Curry thinks it's a good shot. He has transcended the game in, in, in no way that we could ever thought done so. And I, I think about when I think of transcenders in the NBA, uh, I think about Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, Cream, those guys, right? Michael Jordan, of course, is in that list. Um, I think of another big guy, uh, you know, Akeem Olajuwon with his footwork. 
Um, I think about, you know, I, you know I, I don't even put Kobe on that list. I put LeBron on that list. But I wouldn't put Kobe on that list. I, I think there's very few who have, you know, brought the game to a different level. Michael, of course, is one of them. You know, I'll put Magic Johnson on that list. Um, but Steph Curry is definitely up there. Uh, now, will he be on your Mount Rushmore NBA? Depends who you ask. Uh, for me, I think Bird. No, excuse me. I think Jordan, uh, LeBron, Magic, Shaquille Neal. Hmm. I don't know who I put as that fifth player. Steph could be on it, but so could Tim Duncan. So could Dirk Nowitzki. So, I mean, I mean, there's just a ton of guys I could I could stick on that list and say, yeah, it, it's them. Ray Allen could be on that on, on that Mount Rushmore. And that's that's dead serious. Ray Allen could easily be on Mount Rushmore's list. I just don't. I, I, I hate the whole thing of, in fact, Joe Montana does this about Tom Brady all the time. Like, hey, is Tom Brady one of the greatest ever? Well, yeah, he is. He's he's won more Super Bowls than any other quarterback in NFL history. He asked Joe, and he's like, well, I'm not sure. It's a different time, different era, yada, yada, yada. I think we're in that same regard here. Look, one of the greatest NBA basketball players, no, excuse me, the greatest ever, is unsure if he would put Steph Curry, who has set records in shooting, records and is unsure if we put him in the all fame. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. Jazz get ready for their season tomorrow night. They'll take on the Oklahoma City Thunder at home. Um, that game time will be at 7 o'clock. Uh, I saw like this NBA index rating. I can't remember who I saw it from. They had the Jazz as number 3. No, excuse me, number 2. Yeah, the Jazz as number two in this index rating. Let me see if I can find this for you really quickly. Um, sorry, give me one sec. On the fly here. Uh, and, and it's surprising because the Jazz were so bad in the preseason. Now, granted, it is the preseason, but there was just defensively, they looked lost. They looked out of sorts. They, I mean, they, they just didn't look like... Um, they didn't look like that defensive juggernaut that we're all expecting them to be, right? Here it is. So, in Kirk Goldsberry, and Kirk Goldsberry, by the way, is an NBA analyst um, on ESPN. Um, he, he's, an, he's an analyst expert with analytics in regards of uh, rankings and such. Here's how his top six are. You ready? Milwaukee, Houston, Jazz for number three, Clippers four, Denver five, Philly six. The bottom... Knicks 28, Cleveland 29, Charlotte 30. Anybody surprised? Uh, I've <laughs> it's, it's just interesting that with a BPI, which is a measurement of team strength um, developed by this ESPN analytics team, and BPI is meant to be the best predictor of a team's performance for the rest of the season. BPI, according to Kirk Skillberry, says represents how many points above or below average a team is. So a BPI would account for a game-by-game efficiency, strength of schedule, pace, days of rest, game location, and preseason expectations. Again, Milwaukee, Houston, then Utah. Clippers and Denver are your top five. Lakers are at seven. Golden State's at nine. Portland's at ten. I, 
I'm excited about this Utah Jazz team. I'm worried about them defensively. And they might shut me up in game one, right? They might come out and hold Oklahoma City to a franchise low in scoring and dominate defensively and and be in rhythm offensively. But the way the preseason went and to give up, I mean, 128 points to Sacramento is is just unexplainable to me. Now, the Jazz, by the way, their schedule early, at least, uh, looks like this. After Oklahoma City on Wednesday night, again, at 7 o'clock. By the way, you can buy find those games, Home of the Jazz here on 106.9 The Fan. We'll have those games. Uh, we'll have a 15-minute a pregame just before that, and then you'll be able to uh, tune in to David Locke and Ron Boone and listen to their play-by-play call, but... Here's what it is. So tomorrow they're home against Oklahoma City. Friday they're at the LA Lakers. Saturday home against the Kings. Monday at Phoenix. Home against the Clippers on the 30th, which, by the way, is also the night that our, uh, Utah State Aggies get their exhibition underway at 7 o'clock. And then Friday and Sunday they're on the road at Sacramento and at the Clippers. Um, it's a brutal 20-game, 20 25-game stretch to start. Now, this is something that we're used to here for the Jazz. It's usually their first half that's tougher than their second half. This year, it, it balances out, actually. Their first half is tough. There's still a, there, there is some gimmies in there, though. Their second half is still pretty tough as well. In fact, you look at their second half and their final six, seven games are home against Atlanta, Chicago, and Cleveland. On the road at Portland and Denver, but there's a two-day rest in between. Home against the Clippers, at Phoenix, at Oklahoma City, and then home against Denver to close out the season. So, and you know there will be playoff mixture in there in regards of who's in the playoffs and who isn't and, and rest and whatnot. Another thing that's going to be really interesting to watch is how and if they use that load management. The process of Greg Popovich, Steve Kerr, Doc Rivers has done it before how they use that management. How will Coach Schneider use, you know, games in between, and does he sit players for rest? Now, remember, the NBA is trying to crank down this, especially for national uh, televised games where fans want to come see the players, but they're sitting because of rest. So how will they handle that? You know, when you look at the traveling schedule, they have reduced the numbers of four and five nights, back-to-back nights on the road, back-to-back nights on the road and coming home. They've reduced them, not eliminated them, but reduced them. And the question is, is how did the Jazz handle that uh, Handle that rest and that management? They got a deep bench. Don't know how much talent they would, you'd say they have, but they do have a deep bench. But it's Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Bojan Bojanovic, or excuse me, Bojan Bojanovic. Um... I'll even put Rudy Gobert on that too. Mike Conley's another one who I definitely think will see some rest, especially with if Dante Exum ever does come back to play the rest of this year, if they use him. All right, we're going to take a break, come back. We'll uh, get to some other news. Eric will be back about the second segment. We'll also have our stat that blew our minor player of the week to tell the truth Tuesday. A truth that might make you squirm just a little bit. That's all coming up on the Full Court Press. I'm Jose Salveson on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. 
446 through time here as we get you ready to close up the first hour of the Full Court Press. Grateful to have you joining me here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. We'll also uh, be found on our uh, podcast platform on Stitcher, Spotify, and iTunes. Get all the latest and the greatest in regards of our Utah State Aki content to get you ready for this Saturday night against the Air Force Falcons. We have all the presser from Gary Anderson. Gerald Bright and Andre Grayson Jr. By the way, I got to tell you this story. So, uh, Gerald Bright was, uh, he comes in. And, uh, it, you know, there's a few of us there. And he says, <laughs> he says, uh, so I was just going to come in, sit down. And then usually the me relations director, Doug Hoffman, will introduce the player. Uh, and then say, you know, he'll, he'll, uh, recap the win over Nevada and you can ask questions. Well, he says, well, I was going to come in and Doug was going to give his spill of yada, yada, yada. And then I was going to say, I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> uh, Darrell Bright is becoming one of the, I guess, personality treasures in, in the U- USU athletics department. I was talking to Al about it and maybe you uh, older ones can remember this better than I do. He said, uh, Spencer Nilton was really good. Of course, Quinn Ficklin was hilarious. Some of the stuff he said, I don't know if it even should have been on air, to be honest with you. Uh, I can't remember who else he mentioned. Uh, I think Shaq Bond was on that list. And he mentioned a couple others from way back when, um, in the like the early thousands of, of the Utah State men's basketball team. But he said definitely uh, that Shaq Bond is making his, uh, his I guess, his platform or what do you want to call it his place there you go in the echelon of great personalities in Utah State athletics history in regards to press conferences he was hilarious on Saturday night he came in with a big camera and uh you know and it was joking around or smooth his phone he was filming people and then he was joking around or people were joking with him that you know they uh, he had stuff in his nose and whatever so he's just a flat-out funny guy and a really really good dude and my goodness what a game he had the other night 176 yards uh 26 carries, I believe, and then two touchdowns along with that. Just great stuff. They're going to need every bit of it on Saturday because this Air Force Falcons team is as advertised. They are really, really good. They are very sound. They are very assigned. Assignment football uh, team, they're very disciplined. They don't make mistakes that kill you, just like Nevada did. Air Force will do the absolute opposite of it. And at home, they're even a more dangerous team. Should be a dandy on Saturday night, 8-15. Don't forget, you can get your pregame here on our sister station on 610 AM KVNU with Al Lewis, Craig Hislop, Ryan Bohm, and Eric Franson. Uh, really quickly, any uh, final news and notes that I wanted to hit on here? Uh, yes, here we go. Jazz final roster is as uh, will be announced here. Uh, this is what the uh, 15-man roster will be out for the Utah Jazz. Bojan Bogdanovic, Tony Bradley, Gerald Brantley, Mike Conley, Ed Davis, Dante Exum, Rudy Gobert, Jeff Green, Joe Ingles, Stan Kidd, Donovan Mitchell, Emmanuel Mudiay, George Yang, uh, Royce O'Neal, uh, I'm still working on this name, Mie, Oni, Oni, whatever, Nigel Williams, Goss, and Justin Wright Foreman. Uh, my guess in his starting lineup, because remember, Dante Exum is out. Uh, at Donovan Mitchell, excuse me, I'll go from order, but Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Bojan Bogdanovic, and of course Rudy Gobert. 
Uh, don't be surprised if Joe Ingles is replaced by Royce O'Neal at some point just to make have uh, Joe Ingles come off the bench and, uh, I mean, just a better bench player if if that's what they see fit. Uh, Coach Center has also talked about the fact that they will use guys based on um, what they are, I guess, matchups they're seeing in teams that are playing. They'll adjust the lineup according to. Dante Exum is out tomorrow night against Oklahoma City Thunder as is Andre Robertson uh, for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, so with that, again, no Russell Westbrook as he has been traded to Houston. In return, they got Chris Paul. How does Chris Paul fit into the system? Can he make this work? That's going to be a really, really big question, you guys, is can Chris Paul be as effective of a basketball player without the talent around him? Now, he had he had Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker, James Harden, uh, Clint Capella, right, in Houston. And in L.A., he had, my gosh, a list. Uh, Austin Rivers, he had Jamal Crawford, Blake Griffin, um, J.J. Redick. He had all sorts of talent, DeAndre Jordan. This is probably the first time that he's never had that kind of talent around him. A bunch of young, unproven guys, besides Steven Adams. So he's going to have to find a way to make this work. It's, it's going to be really, really, really interesting to see how this goes. I, I'm looking forward to it. All right, going to take a break. We'll close up the first hour, get you ready for the second hour. Eric will be back in the middle of the hour, about the second segment, and he'll give us his thoughts and uh, his feel of what practice was like for the Utah State Aggies. Uh, we'll also get you our set that blew our mind, our player of the week. It's a Tell the Truth Tuesday, so we'll give you one truth. Um, and uh, we'll give you our NBA predictions, and we'll get you ready for the World Series. Don't forget, Game 1 of the World Series is tonight. It's taking a back seat, but... Don't worry, we'll cover it for you. It's all coming up on the Full Court Press, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Ozzy Salison here, 455 your time. We're going to wrap up the first hour, put a bow on it, and... Get you ready for the second hour. A lot to get to. Uh, we'll get you ready for the World Series. We'll get you worry for the uh, uh, our we'll get you our stat and our player, and we'll get you ready for the NBA season. We'll give you our predictions on who we think will stand out, who we think will suck, uh, and where the Utah Jazz could fall in the Western Conference, and what the Western Conference will look like overall, one through eight seeds. Uh, so again, a lot to get to in a very little amount of time. Eric will come back from practice. He'll give us a fill of what he's seen so far. Uh, we'll also give you um, a, uh, I guess, a tell the truth. We'll give you a truth that we feel like uh, will make you squirm, will make you dizzy, will make you want to puke. My truth is that the Patriots schedule is the toughest schedule in the NFL. Okay, that's not really my truth, but I just wanted to say it for everybody to hear. All right, coming up, your second hour here on the Full Court Press. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. There have been two constants in the New England Patriots dynasty, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. During their two-decade run, they've had an uncanny ability to change everything except their coach and quarterback and still be great. Early on, they won Super Bowls with defense and special teams. Then they transformed into an explosive offensive team. This year, they still have a good offense, but suddenly they have an all-time defense. They're rewriting the record books. They've had two shutouts on the road. They have 18 interceptions already. As a team, they've outscored their opposition by 175 points in seven games. That's the second best number in NFL history. 
to be fair, the Patriots have had a soft schedule. They've seen a lot of young quarterbacks. And we know what Belichick does to young QBs. They'll face tougher competition down the road, but you can't argue with the numbers. New England's defense has been brilliant and should be fun to see them chase history all season long. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.